Hi, this is Lisa, and you are listening to I Love That Movie. This podcast is for movie lovers. It's not an unbiased opinion. It's not a straightforward review. It's just a couple people talking about a movie that they love. The format is each week I have a guest, and that guest and I discuss a movie that they love, something they're obsessed with, something they connect with. We'll talk about the plot, the director, and the actors, but we'll also talk about the personal connection my guest has with that movie. So if that sounds like something you want to listen to, keep listening. This is Lisa, and if you like what you hear today, please subscribe and rate the show. It does help new listeners find us. Um, I'm also on Twitter if you want to catch up with me on there at ILTM Podcast. We're also on Instagram at I Love That Movie Podcast, and we have a Patreon. Now the show's always free, but if you want to support us on there, you can. That's at Patreon.com/slash I Love That Movie, and we basically cover a lot of the Marvel shows right now on there, so it's really fun. Uh, we also have a weekly roundup of just films that I've seen that week, so. You just get a bonus episode if you sign up. Uh, and I want to take a moment to thank our top patrons there, Chris Balga, Jeff Woodman, Phil Barker, and Michael Cross. Thank you guys so much for keeping the lights on. And I have a couple returning guests here today, and they requested, they they put their request in ahead of time for spooky season, and that is Sam and Sarah. Say hi. Hello. Glad <laughs> to be back. It's always exciting to be here. <laughs> <laughs> now, you guys have been on the show a couple of times, but if you want to introduce yourself for new listeners, go ahead. My name is Sarah Ragsdale. I am a voiceover artist and movie aficionado. <laughs> I'm Sam. I'm a Scorpio. I like long walks on the beach. <laughs> I, too, am a movie aficionado, at least about a handful of movies. <laughs> Well, thank you guys so much for coming back. <laughs> thank you for having us back. So this is a movie we've actually talked about covering a few times. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> this, this has been in the works. This episode has been, been in the works for a while. But uh, I do want to mention that my guests always pick the movie. So so what movie did you two choose to talk about today? Transylvania 6 5000. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you guys describing this to me, but I still feel like after your description, you just have to see it. <laughs> Accurate. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, I don't think it's giving too much away. I am going to say the synopsis really quick. It's basically mm-hmm. uh, an, a, an American Yugoslav, which, you know, that's mm-hmm. that obviously dates it, 1985, for a comedy <laughs> film about two tabloid reporters who travel to a modern day Transylvania to uncover the truth. So, obviously, you guys must have a history with this movie. <laughs> so, so what, what is your history with this film? How, how did you first see it? Um, well, like most of the films that I end up loving that most people are like, where did you even see this movie? It came out before you were born. I was like, mm. I was left at home a lot as a child, and it would play on Saturday afternoon movies on TV. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Mine was, I was a grown person and it was on a movie channel, like, you don't know, like, like an HBO or stars or Showtime, something like that. And I was kind of flipping through and I saw the names attached to it, the big stars. And I was like, holy smokes, I love all these people. I've never heard of this film. And I flipped it over there and I had to buckle up for the, um, <laughs> train wreck and a half. That is the glory of Transylvania six, 5,000. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the cast and also the director, uh, Rudy DeLuca, who worked on stuff like Spaceballs, History of the World Part One, you know, like mm-hmm. some big stuff. But yeah, it is an interesting film. It is <laughs> it is a movie. <laughs> it, it, it is a, yeah, it's, it's mm-hmm. one of those movies that can you have a movie you love that you know mm-hmm. is complete and utter Absolutely. garbage? Like, you yes. know, it's not a very good movie. Mm-hmm. And you know when you tell people about it, like, you know it's not a very good movie, but you can't help yourself. Like, mm-hmm. you love it nonetheless. This is that This is mm-hmm. that movie. Like, 
when you get into it, you either love it or you just have no idea what you saw. And sometimes it's both. Yeah, it's definitely one of those things of you gotta you gotta just experience it. I that's, think it's an experience. I mean, <laughs> it could definitely ride on the fact that it has Jeff Goldblum, mm-hmm. uh, Jeffrey Jones, Carol Kane, Michael Richards, <laughs> um, a very young Michael Richards, Gina very Davis. Mm-hmm. Like oh, it, uh, it's Davis. yeah. Like I mean, it's got a a pretty big cast, a very like quintessential 80s cast I would mm-hmm. say so I mean that alone is enough of a draw I think but I did enjoy it a lot and that okay good been... we weren't sure if you were going to <laughs> you're like well we told Lisa we want to do this movie we've talked about it and we've talked about it and then she watched it and was like oh my gosh I don't know what she's gonna think she's, she's like she's never gonna invite us back to the podcast <laughs> That could never happen. Um, but, you know, I don't know. You put Jeff Goldblum in a movie and that's a, it's a, you're at least 50% there. For I me. know, right? That's half the battle. But I like some of his weirder stuff. Like, I really love um, Buckaroo Banzai. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I'm just, I'm kind of like here for it. And like, I sent you guys a clip because the, the, his buddy in the film, Ed Bigley Jr., um, <laughs> is in a lot of Tim and Eric skits. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, the second the movie started, Nick was like, it's the Cinco phone guy. And I was <laughs> like, what? And, like, we looked it up again, and I was like, oh, my gosh, he's in so many of these. Oh, yeah. Um, so, you know, that, that, that alone is enough to get me through. But I think, you know, honestly, you know, my first time watching, you can see what they were trying to do. Mm-hmm. And... I respect it. Like it reminds me a lot of um, Young Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Like that felt like the vibe they were going for. They were just upping the wacky factor like quite a bit, and I can see why that didn't work probably for main audiences. But I feel like that kind of humor hits different now. So I don't know. I enjoyed it, and plus it was just weird like seeing some of these people so young. I'm like, man, this is this is you know the youngest I've seen some of these actors. And so I, I enjoyed it. And, and I have a couple weird facts about it. Uh, Let's get number, into them. Yeah. Number one, the movie was financed by the Dow Chemical Company in order to spend frozen finances. Yes. Uh, the I... company had in Yugoslavia, which, again, just another weird factor of this, you know, like there is no Yugoslavia anymore. So another yeah. interesting aspect. I learned that last night. I was just like, well, that makes more sense of how this is something that would never have gotten made probably by any studio other than the fact like Dow Chemical just had money to waste and launder. So they're like, here, Rudy DeLuca, do what you will with it. Only you have to do it in Yugoslavia. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like originally this movie was slated to be like a TV movie, you know, kind of like a a campy horror film, which is, I mean, that's exactly what it is. But, you know, they were at the time looking for like B actors or they were looking for television stars. I mean, definitely not a B actor now, but one of the names that came up was Tom Hanks. And at the time, you know, he was just a regular TV actor at that point. And so that was kind of one of the things was it was supposed to just be a TV movie. And then Dow Chemical was like, here, you want some money? <laughs> and it was like, oh, well, maybe we can actually hire some stars. Or, you know, it turned into this big, huge feature film. And I think you you can see how it got out of control that way. <laughs> of like, maybe it would have made more sense to be a TV movie. And then it turned into something way more than just a TV movie. Yeah, on you know, on that note, I I had the Jeff Bidley, um, Jeff Bidley, what? <laughs> uh, I had the on that note, I had that Jeff Goldblum recommended Ed Ed Bigley Jr. to the director for the role of Gil Turner, and then Bigley uh, recommended Michael Richards for the role of Fejos. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and I also read that like, and this kind of feeds into the the last thing that I had was that. Um, within a minute of starting his audition, Michael Richards won them over by crashing around and slipping on the floor. Um, you know, very a la Seinfeld. Um, the producers tried to talk the director out of casting him <laughs> because he was so crass. Anyway, I, I mean, we funny. know how that turns out for him later. But... Right. Yeah. Like I have mixed feelings on Michael Richards, obviously, but I mean, I can't deny that I loved Seinfeld. And so yeah. <laughs> I, I just, I, I thought, yeah, I can imagine him being like a lot in an audition. 
And so oh, I thought that was kind of funny. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure 90% of the physical humor that we see in the film, he did in his audition. Like that whole bit out in the courtyard of him slipping on the banana, that was his audition. Like, I know that was yeah. his audition. They're like, oh, do it. Do it in the film. Just just show up and we're going to film it one day. Like, mm-hmm. that's pretty much it. And also reading that fact made sense to me because there's another scene where he's like going nuts when he's like whispering to both of them and just being weird and creepy and you can just see like ed bigley and uh jeff goldblum like stifling laughter like they're trying to stay in the scene but they're just like this is a lot (laughs) and so i was like when i read that like he was recommended by them i'm like okay that makes sense i see that now (laughs) yeah it the movie overall feels like just a free-for-all like I'm sure like they're like here's here's some outlines of the script if you want to ad lib I'm not gonna stop you is kind of the essence of this movie I think well I think I also feel like Rudy DeLuca is such a great comedic genius that he probably put a lot of trust into these actors and while they are phenomenal actors I think that they may have needed a stronger directing hand in the sense of <laughs> like rein in some of the wild zaniness of like, here, smell this. No, smell this. <laughs> Are you smelling this? This is good. No. And like that scene goes on for like three minutes of smelling things. <laughs> and it's funny. It is pretty funny. And it's wacky. You're just watching it like, oh my gosh, what is this? And it's pretty funny, but you can kind of see where maybe there needed to be a step back of maybe a minute and a half of it. <laughs> instead of three minutes of it it felt a lot like a lot of really good comedians that were trying their material and like doing things and it was too hard for the other comedians to stop them like they were like i like them so much and respect them so much i can't stop them yeah <laughs> yeah let it go <laughs> <laughs> it definitely has a bit of an open mic night feel to it <laughs> <laughs> But still, it had a lot of good moments that I really liked. And I like that it felt like the movie was sort of like an homage to kind of like universal monsters type films. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, and and it's funny because I watched it like right after recently watching The Wolfman. Mm-hmm. So it just took to go from that to this was like also kind of funny. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and I, I just love how like. I mean, you've pitched it this way to me before that like it doesn't make any sense at all because they keep talking about how they're like there to uh learn about frankenstein but it's in transylvania so it should be dracula but it's not and like it just the you know confounding nature of it doesn't end there like it just keeps going (laughs) yeah it starts off just like what and it just keeps making you say what (laughs) so wait mr roper's your dad and he's sending you on an assignment what's happening here (laughs) Also, Gina Davis. I mean, oh, uh, God. <laughs> she yes. looks really hot in her outfit. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yes. Is it necessary? No. Mm-mm. But, you know, it's it's Gina Davis, and we stand her, so we don't care. And what I, <laughs> what I love is that this is the movie that she met Jeff Goldblum on. Oh, yep. my gosh. Yeah, weren't they, like, married? Yeah. They for were like, married oh, for... Like, four or five years. Mm-hmm. Wow. Until about, like, 87 to 1990, I think yeah. is what it was. Yeah. And then after this, they did two more movies together. They did Earth Girls Are Easy and The Fly, the yeah. remake of The Fly. Yeah, they got married right after The Fly. But they That's met so on this bizarre. on this movie. <laughs> yeah, this was the this was their movie that they met that they they met on and whew, man that costume though holy Ugh. smokes it's like <laughs> it's unnecessary but it is totally necessary like i know i want to see someone cosplay that like it's oh it's my like, god, god. It's so, <laughs> that would be amazing no it's one of those things like and not to offend anyone i myself am not a bisexual individual but i would think about it for gina davis in this movie I mean, isn't that the case for everyone in Gina Davis? I mean, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We talked yeah. about this a lot when we covered The Long Kiss Goodnight. It's just a thing. It okay? is a thing. On that yeah. episode. Yeah. yeah um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I there, there was a lot to love. And then we mentioned earlier Carol Kane. I just adore her. And she was like everywhere in the 80s. And she's kind yes. of recently having sort of like a heyday again. And mm-hmm. I, she's just doing what she does best in, in the movie. And so... I'm, I'm good with it. What I what I loved uh, looking up some facts last night, her and um, 
the actor that plays her husband, the the Renfield type character, if you will, that um, that whole scene where we set up their relationship in the kitchen. Oh it yeah, is completely improv between the two of them. Like that, that checks out because I I could feel that energy, and that's another thing about the movie. Kind of like you said earlier, there is a lot of like improv energy, and I love improv, so I'm kind of like, I think maybe that's another reason why I forgive it so much more. I know, right? <laughs> people might. Speaking of improv, did you read through the that sci-fi.com article I say? No, I'm pulling it up now so that I can have it in front of me, but, but so go ahead. Number 25, it's like the, it's a sci-fi.com article and it's about uh, 39 thoughts we had while watching Transylvania 6 5000. So like a live tweet, kind of like just freeform thought process. And it's <laughs> number 29 in the, oh wait, not 29. What did I say? You said 25. 25. Yeah. Um, just says, imagine a college improv class given free monster energy and diet pills. That's basically every single performance in this movie. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) And it it feels accurate. It does. It does. It really does. Like I said, I think if you, if you just, I don't know, if you like like camp and, and like we said already, like, you know, uh, improv and you just like these people, you're, I think you're halfway there, but that is a very accurate assessment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. When, uh, one other, like, little factoid that I've made up for this movie, uh, I'm putting it out there in the Ethernet, so this is my thought process. Um, I have nothing to prove this other than this information I'm going to give you. So the this got one of Leonard Maltin's worst reviews ever when he oh was God. the film critic for Entertainment Tonight. Literally, he just hummed along to the tune of the the theme song, and as it says, as it gets to Transylvania six five thousand, then he just goes, "It stinks." <laughs> It's his shortest critique, and it's the worst critique I think he's ever given. But it's also my theory now that without this movie and that criticism by Leonard Moulton of it, we never would have gotten the seminal John Lovitz classic, The Critic. I was going to say, that does ring a bell. (laughs) I love that story. I choose to believe that. Thank you. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) I felt like this is like a random thought as I'm reading through some of the facts here. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like his, the love interest looks like Liza Minnelli, like a little bit. There's a vibe, like a Those... blonde, doughy-eyed version yeah. of Liza Minnelli. I mean, Liza Minnelli is pretty, pretty doughy-eyed. Yeah, I'll say it's those big eyes. Mm-hmm. I think. It's the big eyes, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, she's giving me those vibes. But yeah, but she definitely doesn't like, sound like Liza Minnelli. She no. doesn't. <laughs> if it, we, we always quote the episode of Futurama where they go to Zoidberg's planet and the woman that Zoidberg wants to mate with falls in love with Fry and he's like serenading her at her window. And he's like, tell me about your day. She goes, well, first I woke up and I had a piece of toast. And then <laughs> and I was joking with Sam when we rewatched it last night. I was like, she may be the inspiration for that character. <laughs> yeah, she's yeah. very high pitched. I wouldn't say she's breathy, but it's very high pitched. It's nasally. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. She's not an unattractive woman at no. all. Actually, she's very pretty. No. It's just the voice is a tiny bit off putting because <laughs> you just don't expect it. Like she starts talking and it's like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. And also, <laughs> just a fun fact because we're on the the. Elizabeth Train, that's her name. <laughs> the daughter in the movie, the little girl that plays Laura, she was actually uh, from Yugoslavia. She did not speak any English. So they had to oh, teach her all of her lines phonetically mm-hmm. on how to say them. So all of her lines were just given to her phonetically. That's why so she, she had to say them. So little in the movie. Right. Yeah. She has like four lines total because she <laughs> had no idea what was going on. She only exists to have that one Frankenstein scene later. I'm convinced. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, 100%. she wouldn't even be there. <laughs> um, and I should have said this at the beginning too. Of course, this is one of the facts that I'm reading through. It's like Jeffrey Jones in this movie because it's the '80s, and man, we do not talk enough about how tainted 
<laughs> literally every movie we love mm-hmm. is purely due to his presence yeah yeah very true true the the second i guess controversial figure in the film but yeah yeah um upon like our rewatch last night we ended up just like anytime something felt kind of weird or slightly creepy about it we're like oh they did that for jeffrey jones <laughs> yeah a tribute to him and yes. his creepiness yeah um, yeah i mean we not that we're making any excuses for it but no. in 1985 we had no idea the level no of creepy idea. we were getting into like we had no idea he was that such we a were... big star yeah he was too. a huge star he, he i mean was, he was, was everywhere everything yeah it, he's inescapable it's like don't mistake what i'm saying for me being like oh i just love him <laughs> obviously not mm-hmm. but it's like he was in like every 80s movie and it it, it literally when you see him you're like oh this is in 1980 something because he's there yeah mm-hmm. for sure for sure well, um, I know I've kind of jumped all over the place, but w- what are some some other really good scenes from the movie that you guys like? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, wait. One thing we noticed last night for the first time uh, while watching it is when Ed Bagley Jr. is like going through his room, and all of a sudden he hears this weird noise. I think he's looking for Odette at one point, and he opens the door, and it's just Michael Richards on one of those little dime yes. store rides going back and forth. He's like, you, I'm like, one, how did he not know that that thing was just in there? Two, how did he get in there? Three, for some reason on the wall behind him is a headshot of Michael Richards. Oh my gosh. Yeah. There's a moment where he kicks his leg in the door and Gil, Egg Bigley Jr. character, he grabs his leg and he ends up pulling him out of the door, and he didn't actually really mean to do that. But he <laughs> but ends up he, like, dragging him off, and the doors <laughs> open, and you can see the little toy mechanical little ride rider thing. thing is still going. And then there's just a picture <laughs> of Michael Richards on the wall. It's like his headshot. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just there. It's like, what? What why? Is, why are you in this small <laughs> closet in this man's bedroom? Like, what are you doing? What are you doing here? I, think, I also I also uh, like the joke of him saying Od- like of him like hearing Odette and then looking up and then her not being there and they did that like twenty times and I yeah. I did laugh out loud. <laughs> <laughs> like is it his does he need glasses or something? Like yeah. is she yeah. just that fast? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, some of my favorite scenes. Another one of my favorite scenes is at the beginning when they're getting their assignment from their boss and. The boss is just like all over the place. He's like, I want you to go to Transylvania. I want you to bring me back the Frankenstein story. And, you know, they're arguing back and forth. He's like, what? It's crap. I love crap. I need crap. It's crap. Everything in here is crap, 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 crap. And he's just screaming the word crap. And it's just like, that's how you're introduced to this whole film. Like, that's how it starts. You're like, what is even going to go on? Like, this is setting the tone for this movie. And then... This is this is another one of those unsured correlations, but I'm making it. <laughs> uh, they're both leaving. Uh, Jeff Goldblum and Ed Begley Jr. They're both leaving, and the boss screams over the rail. He's like, "You better go to Transylvania, and you better bring back that story, or else." And you can tell that they're in an old school Hyatt, and not in an office plaza. Like they're at a Hyatt, <laughs> which is where they film a scene in High Anxiety in an old school Hyatt. I bet you it's the same exact Hyatt because Rudy DeLuca wrote and produced High Anxiety. Interesting. I love like that callback. I bet you that's that same (laughs) old school Hyatt for sure. That is too funny. I love that. (laughs) Yeah, there's just so many like one-liners in this movie. There's a lot of one-liners for sure. I don't know if, like, there's, like, whole scenes that are my favorite, or it's just, like, the one-liners are so good. Like, like towards the, the end of the film has some of the best moments, I think, um, when the, the mummy gets revealed, and she's just like, bazonkers! I never counted on bazonkers! <laughs> <laughs> I think that that's actually what makes this film. yeah. Yeah. Really, actually, that's what makes this film my one of my favorite films is the humor of the one-liners because they all of them land. Every one of the one-liners, the little zingers, they land. Like as much of a mess of, that this movie is, those little like zzz, right there, we got gotcha, you. They they're all like right 
on it. And sometimes you have to be paying attention or you'll miss them. But every one of them is like, man, those are so, so good. They're so good. I I also just would like to point out another one of my favorites is Joseph Bologna in this movie. When, as the mad scientist, I don't, he clearly thinks that it's taking place in New Jersey or New York. Yes. Thank but you. he's so <laughs> committed to it that you look past it. Yeah. Because he's like one of the few people that's 110% <laughs> committed to this weird, wacky, like slapstick. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he steps out of Do the. You want some cappuccino? Yeah. He steps out of the, the um, lab and he's totally quiet and mild mannered and great guy. And then he steps back into the lab and he's. You know, completely a monster, just you know, whipping poor Radu and Carol Kane's character. It's horrible, (laughs) and it's just. But he's so, he's so committed to it, and I think that's one of my favorite performances Mm -hmm. in the movie is his character Mm -hmm. as the mad scientist. It reminds me of how people must feel when they're in any movie with like Al Pacino. <laughs> yes. Like, yes. Like how he'll take this the script and just go insane and you're like, um, oh, okay, Al Pacino's in a different movie. Like <laughs> like that's how I feel watching like Dick Tracy. I'm like, okay, they're oh in one gosh, movie. Yes. He's in a, a different movie. <laughs> like that was that was the energy this guy brought to Yeah. Him. Yeah. I will say uh, another one of my favorite things is also one of the few things that so while all the one-liners land, but obviously not everything plot-wise lands in what the plot? film. Um, at <laughs> the end, <laughs> when when uh, they like Radu and his wife are sort of like, we're not going to take this from you anymore, and like they introduce their child that they've called. The, the the mayor of the town called ugly even though he's a pretty adorable little boy and he's just like hunched over and he's like walking like like a weird like ape boy kind of a thing and they're like he's like mommy daddy <laughs> and, and then like carol kane's like you can stand up straight now and you're like they were supposed to be hunchbacks that did not read the entire time in this whole film. Yeah, I did not get that at all. Like at no they point decided in this film. the last minute. Yeah, right. Yeah, like oh man, we filmed this whole thing and we need something to tie this up. Uh, go find a kid that speaks English while we're here in Yugoslavia and uh, just I don't know, have them run through. Like, yeah, that's what it felt like. It did, but I still like I'll. We find ourselves just quoting that kid all the time. Mommy, daddy. <laughs> but yeah, I I love that. I did feel like what at first I thought they were trying to go with that Carol Kane and the other dude were like basically kind of like Renfields, mm-hmm. you know, like they like you know they're they're the kind of uh, not the exact same situation, but yeah, like I'm gonna finally get you know, my due someday if mm-hmm. I'm like nice enough to my master and I'm also <laughs> tied to him somehow, kind of like Renfield and Dracula. But yeah, I never thought that they were hunchbacks. <laughs> That's, that is completely <laughs> made up all of a sudden. Yeah. They just throw that on at the end so they can tie it up in a nice little bow. Yeah. It's, 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 that's probably one of, now this movie's pretty random, but that's probably one of the more oh, randoms no. of like, what? Yeah. that makes me me question a lot of things about this movie that and the the their creature from the black lagoon is just a contortionist who gets stepped on and grabs oh yeah and like grabs that one guy's crotch yeah (laughs) i was like whoa when that happened and then later when you see him i was like oh (laughs) that was where i really got the you know like i said the universal monsters vibe where they're like it's like towards the end of the movie they were like what if this was about the universal monsters and they just like threw everybody in at the end yeah well, what, i also love like <laughs> the the wolf man in it it clearly just has like a genetic like hair growth like thing and he's like oh i'm getting electrolysis i can go to the beach now yeah i do find that it's entering the interesting that they sum up all of the creatures except for the creature from the black lagoon like all the rest of them get some sort of like hey this is your problem this is why we're helping you this is what he's the only one that that we don't really acknowledge 
why he's at this crazy <laughs> mad scientist. He's just a guy that's pretty bendy. Yeah. And he hangs out in ponds. He's just the weirdo. Yep. He's the pond guy. <laughs> also, like, Odette doesn't really have any kind of a thing other than she just has low self-esteem after her nose Yeah, job. so she just pretends to be a vampire. Yeah. <laughs> But at least that yeah, makes that some makes sense. sense. That's what I would do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if my self-esteem was low, I would just pretend to be a vampire. Yeah. And plus it was like that really dumb trope that used to be in every movie where the beautiful woman is like, I'm ugly. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm, I'm not buying that. Not buying <laughs> it. Yeah, one of those beautiful women on the planet, like, oh, I'm ugly. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Gina Davis. At least Joseph Baloney's like, no, I gave her a nose job. You should have seen her before. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, she was hideous. <laughs> sure. Oh, I'm sorry. You didn't have a perfect button nose, Gina Davis. <laughs> yeah, I love her outfit. And I love, like you said, that the outlet of her being like, I don't feel good about myself. I'll pretend to be a vampire to be interesting. Right. That didn't really explain why she was able to like uh, uh, appear and disappear all the time, though. <laughs> yeah, I think there's supposed to, I think the whole like, castle is just supposed to be like a bunch of trap doors and different oh, things since sense, we yeah. see we see uh freo like come through like here you come in this painting with me yeah i think i think that that's kind of what maybe they're trying to show you is you know all the different doors and paintings that open that michael richards character runs around <laughs> behind that maybe that's and also i think at one point in time where rudy deluca is like purposely filming the like closet and yeah. she, nothing's there it's just the closet and then it pans over to ed bigley jr's character and then he pans back up to the closet and she's standing there so i <laughs> guess we are supposed to pretend she's been in that closet for like eight hours waiting for him to come back <laughs> okay i have another random question mm -hmm. can you guys explain the phone to me <laughs> the the phone is that what you said yeah it's like a alligator or a critter or something? yeah i think it's supposed to be like just like a demon kind of monster type okay. spooky thing well there's two of them there's yeah. one that's like an oh, alligator yeah, crocodile looking mm -hmm. thing and then there's because that one's like an old like a like an 80s uh flip one where you mm -hmm. flip the bottom open yes. and it becomes like the alligator's mouth and then there's the other one that's kind of like an old hand held mm -hmm. that kind of rests on the cradle that's like this weird demon with the teeth. It looks like something out of like Beetlejuice. Well, yeah. I, think, I think honestly it's because you can kind of tell like the way that everything's set up, which also plot, throw it out the window. Like yeah. the mayor's trying to get away from that whole Transylvania monster thing. Like that's his whole shtick in the movie. However, he's got this castle that's like a bed and breakfast where that's the whole <laughs> shtick. Like Okay, the, okay, that makes sense. Like the breakfast, like when they're having breakfast and Michael Richards making them smell everything, like the cream <laughs> and the salt are just in test tubes on the table. Yeah, and vials and in beakers and things. <laughs> like it's 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 like a kitschy kind of like okay know, that makes total hotel, sense. I, I didn't actually expect that there would be <laughs> an explanation i just wanted to bring up those phones <laughs> but that does actually make a lot and of sense i will say they use the phones a lot to kind of pinpoint that the theme song is the phone ringtone yes so i think that's oh, why they, yeah. they focus on yes it a lot. because so dear dear listener this movie is based <laughs> off of a song from like the 1940s. It's a Glenn Miller song. And it was called Transylvania 65000. It was called Pennsylvania 65000. Oh, that is it. 000. You're right. It is Pennsylvania And then Mary Melody's Bugs Bunny parodied it yep. with a, a Halloween theme and they called it Transylvania 65000. And then this wow. whole movie is based off a song. Yes. <laughs> and so you're taking a song from the 40s that people had pretty much almost already forgotten about. And then 40 <laughs> years later, writing a movie that uh, who the hell knows what yeah. the hell was going on with that. And then now everyone's like, what? <laughs> and so it's it's that already is setting the bar mm -hmm. so low. This, this is why they don't make movies based just off of songs anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not lucrative. Surprisingly. It's not lucrative. <laughs> But it is catchy. It is catchy. It is. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why they use it so much. That I mean, I even find myself humming it randomly. Yeah, you can't help it. It's, it's so catchy. 
Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Like I said, it's like, I agree with you where it's sort of like, you have to be the type of person that's like open and into it. But if you are, it is very mm-hmm. entertaining. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's it's a it's a very fun movie. Like mm-hmm. it's silly. Yeah. It's slapstick. The humor's there. Mm-hmm. Like the comedy lands most of the time. Like the improv scenes, like that scene in the kitchen. It's so good. Like even though it's an improv yeah. scene, like man, that scene is so good. From what I read, like literally all the direction they had for that scene was to cut, cut fruit and serve yeah and they did everything else so yeah <laughs> i mean it it doesn't take itself seriously and i can appreciate that yeah i think that's another thing that lets this movie get away with how mm-hmm. wacky it is is yeah the, the ability to be able to see from the start that this movie's gonna be silly like it's not gonna be yeah. like and oh let's be serious about it it's we're gonna be silly about it yeah, and that's one of the things I like that I personally enjoy about movies. Like, if they get panned or people have, like, qualms about, you know, celebrities clearly having a good time while making something. I love to see that. I love to know yeah. that these performers actually genuinely enjoyed spending mm-hmm. time with each mm-hmm. other and had a laugh and just had a ball on set, even though literally they were only there so Dow Chemical could, you know, launder some dinars through a production (laughs) (laughs) yes yeah yeah you could tell that people are having fun Mm -hmm. and like i said they they recommend each other and things like that so you know that that they were happy to all be together and they were all kind of having fun we already mentioned they were like improving and trying out kind of like their bits Mm -hmm. and so yeah i do i appreciate that (laughs) were there any other scenes that we that we've missed um i don't know if we've missed because there's it's not that long of a movie. It's only like it's an hour not, and 33 yeah. minutes. Um, but I was telling Sam last night, this scene at the end where Elizabeth like kind of like woman's up and like breaks the bottle and is like defending the guys. I was like, <laughs> cause I saw this when I was a little bit younger. I will blame this movie for my streaks of violence, wanting to just like threaten people with broken bottles all the time when I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you're, I just, your delinquent years. <laughs> delinquent years yeah. Yeah. I can blame Rudy DeLuca for my delinquent Thank years. Thank you, Rudy DeLuca. <laughs> no, I just think, you know, it's one of those weird movies that just hits all the right notes for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I just enjoy this little weird, silly movie. And I don't know. The, the scene, there's a scene, we were laughing about it last <laughs> night. Like, it hit just right last night. We were like, oh, that's so great. There's a moment where Ed Bigley Jr.'s character is looking for the abandoned church that Frankenstein's supposed to be wandering around in, and he's in there looking, and the chandelier falls, and he looks up, and the inspector is standing there, and the inspector <laughs> is very serious. Like, yes. this guy, he he is making a movie. Mm-hmm. Because he was actually one of the yugoslavian actors actors. so he was like this is a hollywood big budget movie so he was like this is a serious film (laughs) i don't know what you what film you guys are making (laughs) but i know what film i'm making and it's not the same one but let me tell you i'm here to be serious and the guy's like standing there and he's like death staring him down and he's like what are you doing in here and then billy jr's goes wait is this not the lady of perpetual sorrow (laughs) and it just is just right like oh is that not where i need to be well then ed bigley jr like excuse me i've got to go this isn't where i need to be and he leaves and we see jeffrey jones and the inspector standing there and they're staring after him and ed bigley jr is just like weird running down the street (laughs) and it's just like the most comical little scoot run and rudy deluca is a genius in this shot because he leaves the camera on him the whole time (laughs) until he's out of frame i'm like i see what you did there Mm -hmm. and i appreciate this whole entire scene that that was definitely another scene that that got a laugh out of me that's what what i mean by, by some of the humor felt like i don't know maybe i'm reaching here but i felt like it was like a, a little bit ahead of its time in terms of the wackiness like oh yeah like right there yet <laughs> definitely like you could you could always see some of that in any of his correlation works with mel brooks mm-hmm. like the goofiness yeah, is there yeah. and mel just kind of smooths it out you know yeah, yeah. Rudy yeah. Rough this is tough. just like 
here's all of it. You're going to take it raw. And, um, (laughs) (laughs) and I would say like a lot of the later, like spoof films that come out, like, you know, the the Wayne's brothers kind of like filming yeah there's there's they they probably have seen this movie I would assume yeah I mean it does kind of set the tone for a for scary parodies later on in the sense of it's kind of the 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 birth of a scary parody Mm -hmm. of you know we're taking all the universal mo- monsters and we're we're you know making fun of them we're poking fun at the whole like their plots because again what plot mm-hmm. a lot of them <laughs> are kind of like oh, all right cool the you know the bride of frankenstein what is she gonna do <sighs> got it cool let's Did make it. an hour and 15 minutes <laughs> of a woman hissing got it so they're doing basically the same thing so it, it would make sense that this would be inspiration for other filmmakers down the line to, yeah. to come along and do this mm-hmm. yeah i mean there's you know i i always appreciate a good parody film mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah well um were there any other scenes that we have missed or any other thoughts or facts that y'all had oh did i have any other facts other than the ones i made up um <laughs> i love that i love that though that should be a new segment of the show what's not a fact but what do you believe <laughs> what have you decided about this movie i feel like people would have a lot of them i, I can i can come up with yeah we've we both come up with two <laughs> that could, could not be real i mean who's to say oh here's another fact that we were trying to figure out well so this is the first and only feature film written and directed by Rudy DeLuca. DeLuca. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, most like tons of like directing, writing work, but this is the first and only one that he wrote and directed. And we huh. we were right before we got started tonight. We were trying to look up like is Rudy DeLuca still alive? I mean, Mel Brooks is still alive, so there's a chance. And we found a mystery. Yeah, go do yourself a favor and Google is Rudy DeLuca dead? You may not Can't know. Find the info. You'll never know. There's it's not on his IMDb and it's like it's not on Wikipedia. There's a couple of things that say that he was born in 1900. And that what? can't be true. <laughs> like, I mean, he looks old, but come on. <laughs> no, like there's there's no way that he's one older than Mel Brooks. And is still alive and 121 years old. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh! Yeah, when you look him up, it's just like writer and actor. The end. Yeah, it's like it's like a. uh, And it's also what's interesting is he's like a pre. He was like a premier comedian. Yeah, like like in his own right, he opened the comedy store in L.A. Yeah, like there's gotta be a reason why this information is it's not out there, there. because <laughs> yeah i mean go, what did you do yeah like he's no i mean he's no like chump i mean this is a pretty mm. big pretty big name like worked with mel brooks like brought us some of our most beloved mel brooks films wrote a lot of things for mary tyler moore show he was a writer mm. on mary tyler moore show carol burnett carol burnett like there is tons of shows that his name's associated so, with so like he's what's just the mystery right? of rudy deluca like we were talking about like i think the only way we can get an answer is if i tweet at mel brooks on twitter to be like yo where's your buddy where's rudy <laughs> <laughs> go get your buddy yeah, like- what how weird it's like yeah, a little like weird a- mystery of yeah, rudy like we spent a good 10 minutes while eating dinner before we recorded like what where what is he dead is he alive there's no yeah, way he's 121 like, there's like a website or something you know what i mean like there's like a yeah it even has a question mark here for birth and death yeah, there was one that said he is, in fact, 121 years old and is still alive as of last year. And I was like, there's no way. Like, the only the only, the only, only two things I could think of is, one, he, Rudy DeLuca is not his real name. Like, that's a, a yeah, writer's that name. Be. And that we'd have to know what his real name was to figure out his obituary and yeah, all that. Yeah, the mystery. <laughs> or two, the mystery is afoot. Right? Or two, he pulled, like, a full Andy Kaufman, like, Tony Clifton, like, kind of a, yeah. am I dead? Am I alive? You'll never know. It's a mystery. Find my estate. <laughs> and that, that seems probably more accurate, knowing Rudy DeLuca. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I love that. <laughs> 
That is hilarious. Well, I I guess so. Are we are we at the end then, or, or do y'all have anything? Anything else? <laughs> I, I hate to keep asking that, but it's truly because I, I just know. want to make sure we don't rush you or anything. I know, okay, no, okay. No. but it is kind of one of those things, you know. The movie is only an hour and a half, really. Yeah, yeah. and there's only so there's much you no can talk about. Plot. Like if, if if anyone came up to me and was like, <laughs> "I need you to describe or tell me the story, tell me the plot of this film," I, I honestly don't know if I could. I was like, "Okay, there's two journalists, and they end up in Transylvania because they're looking for Frankenstein." But then they stumble upon a whole bunch of other monsters. But they're not really <laughs> monsters. They're people. And there's a mad scientist looking after them or hurting them. Or I don't know what he's doing. He's doing something. Oh, and there's also like this weird wacky butler. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know what right. the story is. they have is. two butlers, which doesn't make sense. Right. And then. They- <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. Yeah. Like, is, is, is Radu supposed to be like the cook? Yeah. Like, is that, I don't know. Who knows? Who like, knows? Is, is is Michael Richardson supposed to be more like the porter and then Radu's the butler? Who knows? See, yeah, again, is this like a Downton Abbey situation? What's going on here? Yeah, like, nobody knows. <laughs> That's the thing. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. That's the yeah. key. And so it is one of those things of, of how how much digging can one do into, in this with this ridiculous movie? Into a, a movie that was simply made because Dow Chemical had a surplus. Yeah. And, like... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm glad they did because yeah, now I have this okay. this little gem of a of a movie that I can go back and rewatch. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know. A, another <laughs> little like factoid, not even like that big, but just like I don't know the actor's name, but a character like actor drop the the Wolfman is played by the same actor that played Ogre from Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, nice nerds. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> it's chock full of eighties goodness, and it it's really just, is. If you like a spoopy movie, this makes fun of all. Of I them. will. I would say that if mm-hmm. someone was was to say, if there's a movie out there that completely encapsulates the absurdity of the eighties, yeah. that completely encapsulates it, what would you watch? Transylvania Six Five Thousand for the complete yeah. absurdity. Mm-hmm. That would be well. It. You guys summed it up pretty well already <laughs> before I asked that question. <laughs> I, I think you summed up why you returned to it and your pitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, well I returned to it because it, it's just so dumb. Like it's one of those movies you could put on and you don't have to think while you watch it, and you'll laugh. And sometimes you'll be like, "Huh? What?" <laughs> well, it's delightful. I want to make a meme of this. Uh, I want to make a meme that just says that just has a still from the movie and your quote. It's so dumb. So dumb. <laughs> so, so dumb. dumb. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> it's delightfully dumb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. What I what I like about it that one of the things that keeps me coming back to it is sometimes you'll go back and rewatch it and you'll catch something different that yeah, strikes you yeah. funny. Like the scene I was talking about where Ed Begley Jr. is just running away <laughs> in like this long shot and we see like him literally run down the street i've seen this movie god knows how many times a whole bunch Mm -hmm. and that was last night it that was the moment that just (laughs) caught me just rightly that's so funny that is that is so clever so funny i love that and i keep catching these little moments all throughout the film i will say um a scene that like stood out to me when we watched it last night and actually when we watched it this time last year because we usually watch it like once a year um is it's so clever and how like it would never actually pan out but when they're trying to get into the sanitarium (laughs) and like jeff baldwin's like patient trying to get out patient trying to get out and they're like hey you um but (laughs) and then when he's trying to like escape and he's like a person trying to get in person trying to get in like get out of here you (laughs) yeah it's it's a really because also what What? sets that up so well that's that's one of those most brilliant scenes because what sets it up so well is gills racking his brains like how are we going to get in here how are we going to get here oh my god this is impossible we can't break in we can't break in and then jeff goldblum's like it's fine leave it leave it to me put on this put on this coat and he's like okay what are we doing with this coat he goes i don't know patient trying to escape <laughs> patient trying to escape and he's wearing one of the coats like the patient it's just so jeff goldblum about like uh uh patient trying to get out uh uh patient trying to get out. yeah he's very I kept, just... t- I kept touching my chin a lot and think like hmm mm-hmm. watching the movie because he does that so much mm-hmm. yes. a lot of jeff goldblum isms mm-hmm. yeah 
that's it's just it's just one of those moments of just absurd humor that works so well at, in one of these moments in mm-hmm. this film i agree <laughs> and 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 so you you kind of already summed it up but what's your uh what's your pitch oh it's terrible but you gotta watch it <laughs> you just gotta you gotta i my, oh, what would be my pitch like <laughs> Just, just, just a normal old person wandering down the street, and we strike up a conversation about movies, and it's Transylvania Six Five Thousand pitch time. <laughs> I would probably start with, "Do you like Jeff Goldblum?" and then gauge it from there. Mm-hmm. But that if they say no, I'm going to walk away. There would be nothing else. <laughs> They're to not say. in. Are you in? I mean, if they say no, I I think walk away for multiple reasons. Yeah, like, well, that's you know. yeah, that's an instant. That's an instant <laughs> I can't pass. Have that negativity in my life. So if we <laughs> if they pass like the the Jeff Goldblum question, then it would be, do you like absurd eighties films? And if they're like, mm. yes, then that would be just the start. Like, man, do I have a film for you? And also if they're like, no, I don't need that kind of negativity. Correct. In my life. I, that, I, yeah. You walk away <laughs> then as well. Like, do you like absurd 80s films? No. Walk away. That's, that's, that's the rule. <laughs> You're like, well, this, we've nothing else to say pitch. here. <laughs> and, day, but the cast is so great. They're really trying. Like they really are trying. It's it's really great to except, see them. They try. try, except for the accents. Oh well, they're oh yeah. <laughs> what plot? What accents? What plot? What accents? But I mean, you know, there's movies that like in the past have taken place in Egypt and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and they're like they don't try. They you know, do not they're, try. They're British or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so I guess it's 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 along those lines. <laughs> um, well, Sam and Sarah, thank you so much for coming back. This has been really fun, and thank you for introducing me to this to this movie. You are so welcome. Thank you for having us back, and thank you for taking this ride with us. Yeah. Thank you for letting us take an hour and a half out of your life with mo- watching the movie, and then thank you so much for still wanting to talk about it after you had watched it. Yeah. No, I really did enjoy it. I truly mean that, so thank you so much for showing it to me. <laughs> You are welcome. And we have to end it on a little sing along, I think. Oh, oh, go for it. Transylvania six five thousand. <laughs>